Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio, and network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the bar? Well, a couple different things. Uh, baseball, basketball, and college football. A little NCAA NIL leverage. NCAA expected to rule Monday, early Tuesday, maybe. Uh, Going to have some NIL rule changes. So much to the point where Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, that's in charge of the special task force to put these NIL rules into effect, expects them to get sued. Oh boy. Buckle up for that one. So we're going to look at that. NBA playoffs, and I wrote it down, never stronger. The NBA has never been stronger. And, you know, you look at the four, now look at the 80s. I get it was the pinnacle highlight. I'm talking about depth. John Moran's hurt now, so Memphis likely out of it. The other seven teams all still can make the NBA finals. That's amazing at this stage of the game. When's the last time you got down to the semifinals where you have eight teams left, and if they're all healthy, any of them can make the finals? So... Why is that? We're going to tell you why. And also, this is one of these things that's near and dear to me because I wanted them to figure it out. I don't know if they haven't figured out yet. I don't think they have. But are we in store for a baseball breakout? We see when we talk about Major League Baseball and, oh, remember the lockout? Oh, you forgot about the lockout. That's right. I bring this up because we're 30 games into the season. 30 games in. I know May 1st, we've been playing a month, but we're 30 games in now. To me... You can't really get a gauge until you're 60 games in. But through 30 games of the Major League Baseball season, I think we have some positive notes that can keep us locked in the present and build for the future. And all you have to do is look at the teams that are atop and the players that are front and center. So we're going to look at that. I want to start off first with NCAA because it's a big ruling that is expected to come out early this week. Monday, Tuesday, Gene Smith, Athletic Director at Ohio State, is in charge of this special or is part of the special task force that is digging away, digging away at what digging away at the NIL name, image, and likeness. They're trying to figure out what to do. See, this is where like major college presidents, major college athletic directors, major programs, they despise the NCAA because it's authority figure and they want autonomy. They want to be able to do whatever they want. They're going to be able to do what they want. What's in our best interest. And, the more elite the program, the Alabama, the Texas is the world, the Florida's the world in terms of money and finances. They don't want to share that revenue. They don't want to share that wealth. The NFL only is able to work the way it works is because the Cowboys, the Giants, the Bears, the NFL has just gotten together and they make it work. 32 teams across the platform, they're all printing money and it works for them. But if Jerry Jones, the Maras, the Roonies ever got together, the McCaskills, Chicago, the crafts ever got together and said, come on, man, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Buffalo, I'm not sharing with money with you anymore. It collapse. Would it collapse? So I was sitting here thinking about this and the presidents and the athletic directors are in a tough position because if you have a tough, a bunch of money, you don't want to change anything because you can pay these guys who wants to change things. Well, they know that they have to do something or else the bottom of the the bottom four or five teams of your conference are going to dry up. You don't want complete parity, but you want some parity. Not complete, but some. So they're going to come up with an idea and people are going to complain and not like it. 
but they're trying to put some guardrails on this thing. And guardrails is mentioned about four or five times in the article that I saw at CBSSports.com about this. And I wrote down a couple of things. The one thing that they're trying to do is track down the boosters that could be paying players pay for play. Brian Kelly talked about this and he's got a good point. You have guys that aren't happy at their certain school. Let's say that there's six other stars or six other big time players and they all get NIL deals. So I'm star wide receiver. I look around and go, I'm not getting an NIL deal here. I'm going to enter the portal to find a place where I can get an NIL deal and then pay for play the recruitment of players and paying players. If you come here, we'll give you this big NIL deal. And then you've got the universities that are in charge of these collectives that make it even dirtier. It reminds me of, was it the Cubs about 15, 20 years ago that owned, you know, you have like resale tickets now, StubHub and um, I get mine from Sports Illustrated, but those are the big ones, right? The secondary ticket market. Well, the Cubs actually bought a building, right? Or rented a building across the street from Wrigley and they were selling tickets to themselves and selling them at a higher price. <laughs> Dirty, but yeah, okay. Well, to me, if you are the NCAA, here's your chance to get some teeth back. And you've got some ADs and you've got the blessing of some things here. See, everybody, you know, certain schools don't like the NCAA, don't like the NCAA. It's the same people that say, I get to fund the police, to fund the police. Hey, somebody's breaking into my house. Where are the police? <sighs> Lawlessness. You see these videos in certain cities? where people are just going into like Walgreens, it's always a Walgreens or a CVS and filling their bags full of stuff and leaving. That's what NIL is. That's what this is, what this has become. So what are they going to do? Well, some of the suggestions are if they catch you doing this as a booster, they're going to disassociate you from the program. This is, this is the way to do it. And, and the NCAA knows by doing it this way, they can rein you in as a school as well. Let's say if you have a big booster, and I'm just going to use an example, although it's not fair because he hasn't done anything wrong, at least as far as we know, but I know he gives a bunch of money. Jerry Jones to Arkansas because he's one of the more wealthy guys I can think of. And there's guys all over the place, all over the country that do things like this. I mean, T. Boo Pickens for the longest time at Oklahoma State before he passed away. There's big boosters everywhere. So, Mark Cuban, Indiana. John Mellencamp, IU. I'm just thinking of some big names out there just as an example. And you know, you know, you know who they are. Well, they catch you as a booster, paying players. They're going to disassociate you from the university. That means what? You can't be around the athletic program anymore. So if you're a big booster and you're given $5 million a year, was it Red McCombs that used to own the Vikings that was the big Texas booster? Spent millions of dollars a year, University of Texas athletic programs. If the NCAA catches you and tells the university, look, we're going to hit you with what lack of institutional control unless you get booster away from you taking the booster away takes $5 million away a year. See where we're going. So this is actually good. They actually have some guardrails in place here. Now the thing is what happens when they break some rules? Well, it's a level one violation. Okay. Bowl bans. Okay. Here's what you need to do. And here's where the NCAA really, if you're the NCAA, you can do this right now with this going on. We catch a booster. Now that NIL exists, we catch boosters in your school, paying athletes to come to your school. We're going to nail the booster with a five-year ban. Look, if you can give coaches show cause penalties, you can give boosters penalties like this. So you nail the booster. 
you disassociate from them. And if you find out that the school had anything to do with it, you've got to give the schools like three-year bull bands. You've got to make it sting. It can't be just one because every team, look at LSU, look at the trouble LSU's in. It wouldn't sacrifice that national championship with Joe Burrow for anything. You got to find that line between crippling SMU the way they did and what they did to LSU. You got to find some line in between there. But at least there's something in place now. And if you imagine all the wealthy boosters and the guys that show up with their cocktails and they're, hey, yes, I'm sitting in the presidential suite. That dude gets caught giving players money, pay for play, and the NCAA comes along and tells the school, you associate yourself with that person, you're not going to get to play in a bowl game until you do. So now you have to disassociate, you have to give them their money back. Good, good. You're going to find out a lot about people. This is what apparently they're going to announce on Monday and Tuesday. You're going to find a lot about the schools if they don't like this. Well, this is ridiculous. If the NCAA comes out and says, we're going to do A, B, and C, and you're complaining, well, what do you want them to do? I kind of like it. Kind of like it. So they, again, what we're expected to hear, Gene Smith, Athletic Director of Ohio State, NIL, trying to get this thing under control. They catch a booster. Pay for play. They're going to get this in line here a little bit, at least on the outskirts. We catch you doing it. We are going to nail you. We're going to make you disassociate from the booster. Going to cost you tens of millions of dollars. If it's a guy like T Boone Pickens, it gives a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Now T Boone's gone now, but you, you get the idea. So this will this will be interesting to see how they handle this because they've got to get some rails in. I still think you should set a cap limit, three hundred thousand dollars per team. However, they want to divvy it up. It's up to them. However, they want to divvy it up. You can go higher, lower. Just like a TV contract that's negotiated. The SEC gets a certain payout per team. Same thing here. Collectives, all big pot. You can pay a certain amount, and, and everybody gets the same. Vanderbilt gets three hundred thousand. Ole Miss gets three hundred thousand. Whatever it is, you, you everybody wants to be fair, right? Come on, call it fair. Everybody wants an even number of fouls. Everybody wants a fair number of penalties called. Can't money be fair too? Salary caps seems to work in the NFL. So there you go on that front. Okay. A little NIL leverage for you here as it looks like they're going to get some things done. Oh, by the way, cut scholarships, lack of institutional control. You got to, you got to stiffen the penalties for people to get caught doing this. You got to come out and say you get caught doing this. Like, disassociated booster, can't give you any money to the school anymore. Three-year bull ban. You just have to. Okay, shifting gears. NBA postseason. You know, NBA slogan, it's fantastic. I was thinking about it before John Morant got hurt. It may be the most wide-open NBA postseason at this level that I can ever remember. When's the last time you remember going into the conference semifinals, looking around and going, any of these eight teams can make it? Now, will they? No. I think Golden State's on a different level, and they're starting to stretch their legs a little bit in the fact that John Morant's hurt. Okay. But Phoenix and Dallas, that series is tied up. 2-2, right? Joel Embiid gets his face broken. They look hapless the first two games against the Heat. They come back and win two in a row. And Milwaukee and Boston, even though Milwaukee's up 2-1, to one, Boston, they're right there in the thick of things, too. It's any, any of those four teams in the East can get there. I don't think Memphis can in the West. Golden State, I don't know if Dallas could beat Golden State, but Phoenix, I mean, it's wide open. For the longest time people complain about the NBA, what's been the knock about the NBA? Oh, it's, it's this super team building, super team building. You know, when you're younger and your parents say, it's going to be okay, this is going to figure itself out. It's going to work itself out. You keep going to the gym, you keep exercising, you're going to lead weight, lose weight, stay on your diet, keep grinding, you're applying for jobs, keep grinding, you're going to get there. You're going to get there. You're going to get this. Studying. I had a terrible time with 
trigonometry and calculus. Oh, God. I had to get a tutor in college because I struggled with it so much. That's the hardest B I've ever gotten in my life, calculus. Oh, that class was a nightmare. But I did learn how orbits around uh, planets work, which is kind of cool. I don't know if I could still do that. But, again, as I sit here and I look at it, and the NBA and where we are, and I think it's pretty awesome right now. I looked at this today. I wanted to look this up because why is it? You know, these big three and how it's going to work. It's like, it doesn't work that way. You know, the Heat put it together and they won a couple titles. And then you saw Durant join an already championship team in Golden State. And, you know, Kawhi went to the Raptors for that year. But we're on the verge, right? Milwaukee won last year. The Lakers won the year before. The Raptors won the year before. Golden State won the year before. The NBA in the 80s, what, the Celtics or the Lakers were in the finals every year. And in the 90s, the Bulls went six out of eight years. The Rockets won two in there. The NBA got itself into a lull where you saw the same teams all the time. Not seeing it now. I mean, you could have an NBA Finals this year that could be Philadelphia versus Dallas. the beginning, I said Golden State and Philly. Like Golden State to win it. We'll see where we are. I'm feeling pretty, feel a little bit better about that after Philly nodded the series up. But no, here's what's happened in the NBA. You know, LeBron and the older guard, they're aging out. They just are. They're aging out here a little bit. LeBron's still pretty amazing at 37, 38, whatever he is now. But the older guard is aging out here a little bit. And I wrote this down because I want to give you some comparisons here. You know, Joel Embiid, he's more athletic, but you have guys that are young stars that are now becoming superstars. That's what's going on in the NBA now. Young stars are developing into these superstars. Joel Embiid is becoming Patrick Ewing. He is. Joel Embiid now, where he is, he's more athletic than Patrick, which is saying something because Patrick is ridiculous. Joel Embiid right now is where Patrick Ewing and the Knicks were in the early 90s. Now they're probably a better basketball team. I don't know if they're a better basketball team. Embiid's probably better than Patrick, but it's close. But Joel Embiid has become Patrick Ewing. Giannis has become Tim Duncan. He's that guy now. He is. He's become Tim Duncan. Now I know it's a little bit different position. He's a little bit bigger. Thick-wise, and they have a little bit different game, but Giannis has become Tim. This is all that's happened in the last 18 to 24 months, coming out of the pandemic, coming out of the um, the bubble. Giannis has become Tim Duncan. Joel Embiid now has become what? Joel Embiid has become Patrick Ewing. John Morant has become Allen Iverson. Now he's more explosive and can dunk more, but John Morant's become Allen Iverson. Yes. Not quite there yet, but he's becoming that. I wrote down a couple more. Luca, and we're not there yet, and I don't want everybody to go, oh, come on, Seth. Luca's a young Larry Bird. Now, Larry was a forward. I get it. Luca's a guard, although Luca's the same height as he is. I mean, guards are like six, 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 seven now. But Luca's become Larry Bird. He's becoming Larry Bird. That's what's going on here. These guys are, you guys, guys these are 23, 24, 25. They're like, oh, here we go. You that new generation starting to hit their groove. Eight, nine years ago, it was the Steph Currys, the James Hardens, the Kevin Durants. That you know, Eight, nine years ago, those guys were hitting it. Now those guys are getting older. And this group is hitting it. This group's hitting it. Uh, I wrote down a couple more of who's becoming who. Uh, and I just think this is one of those things. That, Steph Curry to me, Steph Curry isn't becoming, because the Golden State's their own little beast here with Clay and everybody. Steph Curry... Is not becoming any because he's already there. What Steph is doing now this year, as you start to look around, Steph's looking around and saying, 
you know what? For the longest time, you know, Jordan had six titles. And, you know, we completely erased Bill Russell. And you're all six, 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 the number. We erased Bill Russell. You know, he's got double digits. Jordan won six. Jordan won six. And what happened? Kobe won five. Duncan won five. LeBron's at four. And everybody's like, oh, will LeBron catch? Well, LeBron, he'll catch Kobe and he'll catch Duncan. Will he ever catch Michael? Six, six, six. Golden State wins. Steph Curry's fourth. Steph Curry's looking around saying, you know what? You guys are all debating Jordan, LeBron, um, Kobe, Duncan. And I'm going to sneak up and get him. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be, you know, because we talk about how good Steph is and how his ability to shoot and what he's able to do and the MVP and he's in his 30s now, so people kind of lost track of it a little bit. Wouldn't that be something if Steph Curry and Golden State won a couple more titles here and it was he, not Kobe, not Duncan, not LeBron, if it were Steph that tied Jordan with six. And then that debate really gets fun, doesn't it? Because there's no doubt the West was tougher. No doubt the West was tougher, wasn't it? Just, I know, a little bit different. A little bit different, but a shooter. Point to shoot. So I, at least that's where I am with the NBA playoffs. But it's been great. It's been enjoyable, and these series are fantastic. And what it's done is the thing that people complained about were the building of the super teams, the, of all these guys getting together. The Nets got together, put their thing together with Kyrie, Durant, and Simmons didn't work out, you know, So or Harden didn't work out, so Simmons comes in. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. Kyrie Irving made it that. Then we find out that the Lakers are thinking about trading for Kyrie Irving. Oh, my God, what a nightmare that is. Oh my God, what that would have been out there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I I think about what happened in L.A. with, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron and what they tried to do, and it didn't work. Not this year, it didn't. No, May, it didn't work. So everybody that didn't despise those things that were attempted to be put together, although I don't know why, because the Bulls did it when they added Rodman in the 90s, and other teams have done it too by bringing in stars. It's one of those things I kind of look at and say, okay, well, whatever. Um, the Lakers didn't it, didn't they, when they traded a couple pieces away and brought in Paul Gasol? They tried to do it, coat with Kobe and Chris Paul. But I, I think that if you don't like what the big three stood for, at least the attempted building of these super teams, and they fizzled out and you still complain about the NBA, you're just that guy or gal. Seven of the eight teams have a chance to get to the finals. I don't know if they all have a chance to win it, but they got a chance to get there. Only one not being Memphis, and that's because Jaws hurt if you were healthy. If you're sleeping on the NBA, you're sleeping on something special. Speaking of sleeping on things, you still mad about baseball's lockout? Oh, you forgot about it, didn't you? I bring it up because of this. Why? Because we're at the 30-game threshold for baseball. 30 games in now. The airing of this podcast, the majority of teams in baseball just played their 30th game. Now, why 30 games? People like to measure baseball in months. Okay, the first month of the year is over. Remember, they started a little bit late because of the work stoppage. Oh, no, you don't. You forgot about that, didn't you? But we're 30 games in now. To me, I'm a firm believer. At the 60-game mark, you kind of have an idea. The 90-game mark is when you hit the all-star break. So here at the 30-game mark, I got a little bit of an idea. The Red Sox are terrible. Um, I guess that's the big disappointing story in baseball because they were in the postseason ALCS, and they're just a nightmare this year. Uh, but I wrote down baseball. I don't want to say it's breakout time, but baseball is in a feel-good spot right now. Let's look right now, 30 games in, who your division leaders are. Who are they in the American League? Are they the Yankees? Aaron Judge, Young Crop, hitting the ball. I mean, it's just good gracious. Getting good pitching. Yankees. By the way, the Mets in the National League got two New York teams in first place. The Twins. 
Brian Buxton. You had this guy that all this hype and he finally gets to the bigs and he's on pace did 50 home runs. So the, the twins. Now you may sit there and say, oh, admit no, no, that's a big deal that the twins and Brian Buxton, young talent. American League Central, Brian Buxton, young talent. Aaron Judge, young talent, New York. The American League West, Mike Trout, Angels. Shayotani, first place. The big thing we talk about the Angels, they made the postseason once the last seven years. They're in first place. That's big news. Stars being around. Going to see them more. And then what else do you have? Then you have the Rays, who are a playoff team right now. They'd be the wild card, one of the wild card teams. And who's the other wild card team in the American League? The Astros. So the Astros, the Rays, and your division leaders are, I know the playoff structure has changed a little bit, but your division leaders right now in the American League are the Yankees, the Twins, and the Angels. So Otani, Trout, Buxton, Aaron Judge, and the, all those teams around. By the way, Justin Verlander is 3-1. and one. He wins 20 games this year. He's what? 247-ish. He's 39 at the end of the year. Can he win 50 games? He'd have to win 35 games after the age of 40 to get to 300. See, Justin Verlander's a guy that with, I know he got hurt, but without when COVID hit, probably cost Justin Verlander 10 to 15 wins. Okay. So that's that. And then just the young stars, first place. And then you look over in the National League, what do you have? You have the Dodgers, 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 Mookie Betts, Dodgers just on a different playing field. Padres, they're a wildcard team, but Tatis is hurt. The Pods are a wildcard team, and Tatis is on the 60 days table list, so the Padres are successful without Tatis. He'll come back. Um, the Brewers, Yelich and those guys, the Brewers are in first place. The Mets, Max Scherzer has made the Mets stable. And Syndergaard haven't pitched yet. So... Scherzer has stabilized the Mets and your wild cards are the Cardinals. And, and like I said, the Padres young talent. Now the Padres are a little bit older with Yachty and those guys. So I, I get it. Wayne Wright's a little bit older, but you look at, you look at Kershaw and the Dodgers. Here's Clayton Kershaw. Who's four and oh, that's a top, almost the big statistical categories in the American league as a pitcher. You have Max Scherzer. Who's four and one anchoring the Mets. So you got older pitchers, Verlander Scherzer, um, Come on, Seth. Verlander, Scherzer, and Kershaw are combined, what, 10 and 1? 10 and 2. No, 11 and 2. Scherzer, Kershaw, Verlander, 11 and 2. So there's the older guard. And then you have the young guard, the Buxtons, the Trouts of the world. Bryce Harper's on pace to hit 40 home runs again. So, you, you know, you got these guys. And Pete Alonzo, going to hit 40 home runs for the Mets. So you, you've got these young this young crop of guys that are figuring it out in Good markets. Now, look, baseball benefits when the Cubs are good and the Red Sox are good. I get it. The Reds are awful and terrible. I hope they do Joey Votto right. If Joey Votto wants to go somewhere, they give him that opportunity. But baseball has this gigantic group, a crop of young stars that are now pushing their teams up and over the top. I should have the top, but making them relevant day in and day out. But the biggest development 30 games into the baseball season is a guy that's been the best baseball player in the game for six or seven years. Overall, Mike Trout, they're in first place. Like, oh, it's not. I know, I know, we got a long way to go. But baseball feels like it, it maybe have a little bit of a breakthrough here. A little bit. Harpon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram. Also, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Auditory Route, Harpon Sports, the Facebook page, Harpon Sports, the YouTube channel, and of course, HarponSports.com. 
Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein. Have fun with your friends.